1: of the Gin Jag podcast. We've got a packed show for everybody today, bringing you in on a little immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Gets me pumped up. That's the reason I picked it. It's good. Yeah, I mean, the immigrant song doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. Not that I need any extra added motivation to get into the podcast, but I'll take it where I can get it. The dead period of the NFL offseason has not been so dead for the Jaguars, especially over the last couple days. We've got a lot to get into, including the Marcel Darius news. We'll preview the Jaguars' tight ends and offensive line group. Um, We've got some other news and notes, some Madden stuff going on, Madden ratings. A few other things to get into. Uh, Scott Klein is with me today. You can follow him on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. You can follow myself, at Jordan Delugo, on Twitter. And follow Hunter Evans, who is not with us today. He's moving with his family right now. uh, At Coach H underscore Evans. Uh, Scott wasn't with us last week, unfortunately, when we interviewed Carson Tinker on the show. If you missed that, make sure to go check it out. Episode 72, exclusive interview with Carson Tinker. Talked about his life at Alabama, the tornado he went through, uh, the ACL recovery from his torn ACL last year, what he's looking forward to this year, a bunch of other fun stuff. Talk to him for about 45 minutes, so make sure to go check that out. And uh, follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter, at Generation Jag for all the latest Jaguars news, videos, analysis, podcasts, etc. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Uh, Big shout-out to Bold City Brewery. They're the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. They can be found online at boldcitybrewery.com. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. They've hooked us up with some Duke's Brown Ale, their flagship beer. They've also hooked us up with some Thundercracker Session IPA. And we've got a special pop-top beer we're going to open up here in a little bit. We'll talk to you more about that when we open it up. And you can go visit them downtown on East Bay Street or in Riverside on Roselle. Um, I don't know why. Every time I think about
2: like Immigrant Song, I think of Thor. I think like the God of Thunder said,
1: Thundercracker. Well, he did. Yeah, it it was featured heavily in the most recent Thor movie. But yeah, that's a a fitting name. Yeah, we got the Thundercracker. We got Immigrant Song. It all works together here on the Jin Jag podcast. Uh, Quick reminder about our membership program: sixty bucks for the season. You get to eat and drink for free at all the tailgates. You get um, t shirt, koozie, sticker. Member card card gets you discounts at local establishments, and uh, I don't think you could really ask for anything more. Get beers from local breweries. Get food from Metro Diner, so make sure you go check that out. You can also get a Duval Skyline t-shirt. Those are out. Wake and Blake 2.0 t-shirts are out. Duval trucker hats are back in stock. Got a lot of fun stuff. All that's at ginjag.com. Uh, If you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes podcast app really helps us out really helps us spread the word and grow our audience and make sure if you haven't already to check out UCF Jaguar on YouTube. He's our YouTube video correspondent. He's got all sorts of fresh content coming out every few days and you can find his videos and all our ad free Jags content as well as our gear at GenJag.com. Marcel Darius bombshell dropped yesterday evening. He's being sued by two separate women for sexual assault. The latest allegation is from a Texas woman who claims Darius had sex with her while she was unconscious after a date that they went on earlier this year. Apparently she doesn't remember anything after um, dinner. And apparently he had sex with her while she was unconscious, but then she proceeded to hang out with him for several more days. And... Relations have continue sexual relations for <laughs> several more days. She then claims she was diagnosed with herpes by her doctor later that week, and she's seeking upwards of fifteen thousand dollars in damages. Very strange situation. Uh we also found out this is not the first lawsuit that Darius is uh currently in the midst of. He's got something going on from January 2017. A Las Vegas woman is suing him for sexual assault after a party that Darius attended in Tampa he has a court date on august 9th in which he said to file a motion to dismiss that case we don't know what's going on with these cases but and it's easy to say that even if he's completely innocent it's an awful look to be being sued by two separate women for sexual assault
2: yeah and no one really knows what happened yet i mean the nfl is going to do their own investigation Um, obviously as it stands now until he's proven guilty he's innocent of of all of this and he's actually filed to dismiss one of the one of the cases right Um, it's just it's really not a good look not when it's the second time that something like this has happened and it's serious and the league is saying they're cracking down now they're
1: Actions are
2: a little bit stra- have been a little bit strange lately, as far as yeah, you don't,
1: you really just don't know what they're going to try to yeah. do when it comes to any sort of suspensions. They have been strict on any sort of uh, domestic violence. Again, this isn't necessarily considered domestic violence, sexual assault. I mean, it's strange. If it was weed, he would probably already be suspended,
2: right? So of course. maybe they're very clear on that one. <laughs> But as far as situations like this, I mean, you just have to let it play out. Um, He's going to go through the due process. Um, There are no criminal charges being filed. Right. Which is another strange thing about about these cases. Um, But we'll just really have to wait and see. I mean, if they get any kind of any whiff or any kind of idea that there's
1: some truth to the story...
2: It would be hard for me to believe that there wouldn't be a suspension coming.
1: Yeah. But again, we don't know. Yeah. More information needs to come out regarding these situations. uh, And it will in time. Seems like situations that he could settle out of court. But again, just because even if nothing really happens legally, the NFL could still conduct its own investigation come to its own findings. Yeah,
2: it's it's, uh, actions detrimental to the league. Right. Anything that makes them look bad... Will probably be consequences, right?
1: So, could he be facing suspension? Yes. It's also very possible that he might not be suspended. Mm-hmm. You just never know with these type of situations. Now, if he does face any sort of suspension, what will the impact be on the team?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you look at back at when he was traded for the literally the week he came by, it was like the light switched on. I mean, it went from a. I think they were the 31st ranked team in the NFL in run defense. Um, and then they, in the second half of the season, were one of the best. I mean, it was just night and day. Now, I, I'm not sure if it was necessarily all on his shoulders, but he was absolutely a help. <laughs> a very Perhaps lucky. the catalyst, at least. <laughs> yeah. And you have, um, like we were talking earlier, Malik Jackson, you know, having a Tough training camp, you know, really getting back into shape. Um, Like in the Jets game, um, there was a couple really long runs. Um, You know, him just really, after that is when he said he started really getting in to really where he should have been. Right. Um, So I think it was, I think you're going to see an impact if he's not on the field, just because he's that kind of player. But I think the guys around him will be able to pick up the slack. And it's not going to be for the entire season.
1: Right. And his backup, Avery Jones, is no slouch. He was... People were excited about him going into last season. Thought he could be a quality starter for the Jaguars. Obviously didn't work out that way, but he's still a young player that has a lot to prove. And... He
2: he was was slotted to be the starting... He was the starting uh, defensive
1: tackle. Right. You know, they signed him to, I think it was a three-year contract. Four million dollars a year. Which... He'll be looking to prove that he deserves that type of money and potentially trying to prove to the Jaguars that he should stick around. Uh, and if not, trying to prove to other teams that he deserves a nice nice paycheck. Yeah. So, Avery Jones, I have confidence in him that he can play well. I think the rest of the team around him would lift his play. I do think there would be a drop-off in run defense just because Marcel Darius is that good, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think that the team would go regress back to where they were before he arrived in Jacksonville, which was quite frankly, you know, one of the two worst run defenses in football. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to regress like that, but they will have some regression. Uh, a lot of the issues with the run defense last year too, prior to Darius getting there, was missed tackles and just uh, yeah. undisciplined play, yeah. not just from the defensive line, but all over the field with linebackers and defensive backs as well we don't know if he's going to get suspended we don't know when that could happen NFL investigations typically take a long time if they do decide to investigate this further so there's just a lot of question marks no real answers at this point just wait and see yeah so don't indict Darius don't give him a pass just wait and see
2: yeah, everything in this world is so reactionary, right? At the moment, it's a flaming headline. You see, Marcel Darius accused of sexual assault, and people run wild with opinions,
1: right? People want to get rid of him immediately, but like, you don't know what happened. None of us knows what yeah. happened. Just wait and see. Let the process play out, and try to just calm yourself, yeah, for the time being. Now, that's the only bit of really bad news of course you know you're always just kind of waiting for that pen to drop during the dead period when the players are off and doing whatever they want you see you see all these news reports
2: of this player did this or this player got hurt or this player you know is in trouble over this right and it's i i have kind of like a every single time i see breaking now my heart just kind of was like oh god yep. what is it
1: what is it yeah So, the rest of the stuff we have to talk about today is not so bleak. Jaguars vs. Vikings preseason week 2 in Minneapolis is now set to air on national television via NFL Network. 1 p.m. game. Uh, The two teams are obviously both coming off of conference championship appearances. So, it makes sense why there would be some national intrigue in a week 2 preseason matchup. And two very similar teams. Yeah, I think, I, mean, <laughs> I think the biggest difference in the two teams is the passing attacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jaguars' passing attack showed potential last year, but when you're looking at the Vikings' passing attack, you've got Thielen mm-hmm. and Diggs, who are both just excellent, and then yeah. you've now got Kirk Cousins slinging the rock towards them. Yeah. I mean, look, Case Keenum had a career year last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, by all accounts, people would tend to say that Kirk Cousins, although he might not, you can argue whether or not he's worth the money that he's getting paid, he's arguably better than Case Keenum. and I think he's definitely better than Case Keenum. (laughs) And so, they can be very dangerous. I mean, they were one, well, they lucked out against the Saints. Right. I mean, they, they, they barely squeaked by. Yeah, the Eagles really got after them. Yeah. But
1: still, they made it to their conference championship, and you got to give them a lot of credit. And there were stretches that. in uh, in the year where they look like the best team in football. Definitely. Their defense is lights out. That's the biggest similarity. there. They're the two defenses. They're probably the two yeah. best defenses in football. they got
2: a dangerous young running back in Dalvin Cook, who's coming off an injury last year. Yep. Um,
1: so do so, the Jags. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, there's some similarities there. You'll probably see starters play into the second quarter, week two of preseason, maybe till halftime. If this was a week three matchup, it would be even more exciting. But we get what we get. Fans that are worried about the national perception on the Jaguars, sure, the Jaguars still get disrespected a lot. But this shows some national intrigue, certainly. (laughs)
2: It's so funny to me that before when we were bad, I was looking for any reason for people to be talking about us. And now that like... You know, we were one game away from the Super Bowl. I'm just like, let them talk. Yeah. Whatever. We're going to like, we're just going to go out and play football. And we can actually be calm and wait for the season because it's like, there's some expectations now. We have talent. (laughs) So it's just hang out. Enjoy the preseason. Don't worry about who's talking about what. It's going to
1: just have a fun year. This is going to be an exciting year. It is. But, you know, there's still fans out there that want the national respect, and this does show some national intrigue, which is good. Um, Now, the two teams will be facing off for two practices before this game, the week before, leading up to it. So, it could be a little bit chippy out there. Yeah. The teams get very familiar (laughs) with each other.
2: It's always it's always fun watching it on Hard Knocks when they have the two teams going up against each other because there's
1: always stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, even last year in Jacksonville, you had Tampa Bay come, and th- there was several skirmishes and mm-hmm. a lot of chippiness. That was back when people thought Tampa Bay might be about to set the world on oh, fire. Oh, they were, you know? and I
2: remember they were talking smack and really talking. They down. looked a lot better than the
1: Jaguars in training camp, but you know that goes to show you. You know, Blake Bortles looked awful. During training camp last yep. year, and uh, the team didn't look very impressive at all during really? preseason. So uh, you gotta take everything for what it is. This is an exciting matchup. It'll be cool to be able to turn on NFL Network and check it out. Oh, yeah. uh, it'll it'll broadcast locally on CBS forty seven. So people locally will still be able to catch that game. The Jaguars also announced their open training camp practice dates for today or for this year. There's going to be eight practices open to the public, beginning Thursday, the 26th of July. uh, There'll be another one on Friday. The following day, Saturday, there's a season ticket holders only open practice. Uh, You get to Monday, the 30th, you have another open practice, Tuesday the 31st, Wednesday the 1st of August, Thursday the 2nd. And then leading up to their first preseason game, they'll have a friday uh, practice at 6 p.m. at TIA Bank Field at the Bank, which is like their annual family night slash scrimmage thing. So, eight open practices, plenty of opportunities to go see the Jaguars as they prepare to reach their first Super Bowl ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the road to was
2: Atlanta this year. <laughs> yeah, road to Atlanta. Man, that's not a far drive. Yeah, Jaguars oh don't have to get. Please, there. it's it's. I'm kind of. I want them to go so bad, but so I know buy it's going to right bankrupt me <laughs> if they are actually there. It's going to bankrupt
1: me. Oh my god. <laughs> and it'll be the second time they play there this year. Yeah. They're playing there. That's who they play preseason week three is Atlanta. Mm. In Atlanta. So good stuff there. Obviously a lot of fun for the fans to get out and see the open practices. Some more fun stuff. Madden ratings. More of those were revealed earlier this week. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye come as come in as the top two cornerbacks in Madden. True. Ramsey's a ninety-seven. I'll allow it. Should be a ninety-nine. AJ Boye comes in at ninety-four. Who arguably had a better year than Jalen Ramsey last year? I guess it's fair because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. His spectacular catch should be a ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every, almost every one of his interceptions is just like, damn. Yeah. Ripping balls out of a. He ripped it Kel- away from Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin. Um, several of them, you know, the ball was the game about to hit the ground, and he scooped it somehow. Baltimore over in London. Yeah. Had the juggling catch. He was fantastic. Good for him. Calais Campbell comes in at 92. I think he deserves to be a little bit higher coming off 14-and-a-half sack season yeah. and obviously being he a dominant it, he, run defender. He said it
2: himself. He was, he was a 97 before at one point in his career, and he's like, I think
1: I had my best year. Yeah. So how how is he lower than that? I don't know. Andrew Norwell comes in at ninety-one. Not sure why the best guard in football is a ninety-one. Keep disrespecting him, man. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna hurt people next year.
2: Telvin Smith coming in at ninety. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. For a
1: fifth round pick who is undersized and people were talking about him being a safety. Yeah. Hell yeah. Brandon Linder comes in at 89. He's been the most consistent offensive lineman for the Jaguars for several years. Plays center for the team. Can also play guard. Uh, It's nice to see him get some respect Mm -hmm. there. Leonard Fournette comes in at 87, (laughs) and he had quite the reaction to that. He said if he's not a 90, then (laughs) he doesn't want to hear it. And then he also asked Madden to remove him from the game. (laughs) Had quite the back and forth with Madden on Twitter The MA- EA Sports Madden account <laughs> he, he responded to them and said If, if
2: the Jaguars defense isn't number one He's coming to he's coming down there and throwing hands <laughs> Yeah
1: For <laughs> Ned, I mean He's just got such a personality yeah. He's a fun loving guy, no doubt about it a Unique Ngakwe comes in One point below him at 86 You really think that guy should be Rated higher than 86 Perhaps his run defense grade isn't very high, but you would think his uh, elusive pass rush moves would be like ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> close to it. Uh, to Sean Gibson, eighty five. Malik Jackson comes in at eighty five. There's no way he should not be in the nineties. That yeah, guy was, he's well, he, he I was a top three defensive tackle. He's last a
2: year. he's a victim of the people we've already listed off. Yeah. I mean, he just flies so under the radar, on, on especially
1: nationally. He does not get the respect he deserves. He really doesn't. Marcel Darius, who we've been talking about, he comes in at 84. He probably deserves to be ranked higher than that, too. Mm-hmm. Barry Church, 83. I think that's a fair grade. I think he probably played better than an 83 last year, mm-hmm. but that's a fair grade for Barry Church. He's not a superstar, but he's a solid player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marquise Lee at 82. I want to see what his... Uh, uh, hands, <laughs> yeah. Because right, I feel like you could give him like a 99 spectacular catch, and then maybe like a 75 regular catch yeah, yeah, yeah. rating. Because he put a lot of balls <laughs> on the ground last year. Dante Fowler at 81, probably fair.
2: I was surprised that uh, Miles Jack thought he he was like they asked him who what he would be, and he was like, you know, 74, 75. <laughs> and they're like, I think they told him he was like an 80 or something, which yeah, he should be higher. But he, he was like, "What? Really?" And he goes up to his teammates and says, "Hey, man, you hear that?"
1: I was like, "The reactions to the to the His yeah, like, ratings are so funny. Miles is happy just to be in eighty. The rest <laughs> of the guys are pissed. They're they're in the nineties. They're not happy about it. Fournette's at eighty-seven after his rookie season, which is a pretty good oh, yeah. Uh ASJ comes in at eighty-one. Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's a guy that I think will make the Jaguars more interesting on Madden. Yeah. Being able to stretch the oh, yeah. field and I love make some spectacular teams, catches. Blake Bortles comes in at eighty overall, which I don't think is necessarily disrespectful. I do think it's disrespectful that Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor are rated higher than him. <laughs> I mean he's clearly better than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield's never taken a snap in the NFL. So I think that's a little disrespectful. And uh, of course, Bortles Facts took offense to the <laughs> rating, and they had their own exchange with Madden as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Madden's Twitter account was definitely getting blown up by Duval. Oh, yeah. Which is fun. I appreciate that. For me, the biggest disappointment, besides maybe Malik Jackson being 85, Cam Robinson is like a 73. Oh. You look at Pro Football Focus, they gave him terrible grades last year. He was injured, and that definitely affected his play down the stretch.
2: At no point in the year did I
1: ever think this guy's a detriment to our line. No, absolutely not. And I think that number is going to jump. Yeah, pretty quickly, if I had to guess, because he comes back healthy, come back for year two, ready to you know just be entrenched as the starter. He wasn't even the starter heading into training camp last year. You had the whole Brandon Albert situation. People are. Easy to forget about that with the way things turned out. Everything going well for the Jaguars last year, but that Brandon Albert situation was—that was bizarre, quite dramatic.
2: If y'all don't remember, he shows up for one practice, gets his butt whipped by Dante Fowler, retires. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm
1: out. Oh god. Yeah, and then. Uh, that's it. That's pretty much it for the Madden ratings. There's some more stuff. Uh D.D. Westbrook came in an eighty overall. That's pretty impressive for yeah. only playing was nine surprised. games. Yeah. Um some other guys. Taven Bryan, seventy six overall, Jaguars first round pick. His strength was a ninety three. Yeah. Calais <laughs> so, had something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's a rookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta earn that. But, you know. Should be fun to play with the Jaguars and Madden. Do we know when that drops, or has it dropped already? Uh, it's gotta be I'm soon. It do. usually comes out in the August teens, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fun stuff with the Madden ratings. You know, in years past, it's not even been fun to look at the Jaguars oh, Madden ratings, man. but it's fun this year. Everything's more fun when you got all these good players. Yep. So, moving on, Tony Romo. Made headlines today, predicting the Jaguars and the Packers to meet in the Super Bowl in Atlanta this year. And it was weird because it was it was people
2: who were reacting more to the Packers being picked to go there than it was the Jaguars. Yes, (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What is this world we're living in? But that's
1: yeah. He would give Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Graham, (laughs) yeah. Jeez Luis. But I mean That's he serious. witnessed
2: the he witnessed the games firsthand. You know, he was the one calling the Patriots game. He knows how close we were. I mean, he mentioned it. I mean, this team the, the man. The sky's the limit for this team. And
1: it should that should be the goal. Absolutely. Um We've got our position previews to get into today. We're gonna do offensive line and tight end. Pretty excited about that uh before we get into those position previews though let's have scott go ahead and do our pop top segment oh and uh he'll tell you a little bit about our pop top beer which is lady grissette all right
2: handing over the reins here yep all right so let's see lady what do you got for me Uh, lady grissette is a historical farmhouse style with wheat uh it's it's light in color and strength um, it's got a little tart uh, kind of funk and the hot flavors to it, it uh, complements a real dry finish. Um, all of that sounds good to me, um, I'm doing a lot of talking, I'd like to be doing a little bit of tasting, so I'm going to go ahead and pop it open. That's yeah. always, it's always so satisfying. Alright lady, let's see what you got. Mm. Every beer they bring us, they cover it seems the entire spectrum, and they're all enjoyable. I I can't think of one beer that I've had on this podcast, and I've and I've talked about this in podcasts in the past. I'm not I've never been a guy that drank a ton of different varieties of beers, but it's really I just I haven't had really any beers that I haven't. Been like, oh, yeah, you know, I could totally drink that. So how is it, Scott? It's good. It's good.
1: It's exactly what it sounds like. I had to go take a little <laughs> restroom break. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, I think Scott did a great job here. Lady Reset. Approve. Uh, yeah. Jordan's and Scott's stamp <laughs> of approval. Check it out at Bold City Breweries downtown location. 4.1% alcohol by volume, pretty chill, pretty light, mm-hmm. definitely a drinkable beer. So, without further ado, we're going to start with offensive lines or tight end. What do you want to do first, Scott? Uh, Let's get to the
2: big boys. All right. They never get any love. And- I feel like they, they absolutely deserve
1: it. Yeah, speaking of someone who deserves more love, Cam Robinson, not getting the love from Madden or from Pro Football Focus. He's entering his second season, fell to the Jaguars in the second round of the 2017 draft last season, uh, despite really just playing first-round talent. He played well his rookie season, but battled through injuries that obviously took their toll on him. He kept the left side fairly clean for Blake and established himself, in my opinion, as an excellent run blocker at the position. I think he's primed for a big season and if not a pro bowl type season this year, he looks like the type of guy that does have the pro bowl potential at some point down the road. Yeah,
2: I mean I I, I picked him uh, early on, earlier on to be the most improved player on one of our previous podcasts. I have a lot of faith in this guy. He just looks the part. I mean there were there were times last year where you could tell, you know, he was hurting, he was hobbled, he was struggling a little bit, and then there were times where he was Mauling people, and he's just got the attitude that you love. your
1: offensive lineman. He's got a demeanor of a big nasty out there. And
2: he's the first guy that if there's any problems with anybody on the field, he runs up and is like the wall. <laughs> he's yeah. like, you want to go through? You gotta. You want to go to get to him? You got to go through me. No doubt. Know, about it. He, he,
1: he, he he'll put people in the dirt. I just I love the guy. He's a physical specimen. Uh, I'd like to see him stay healthy this year and really show the NFL what he's all about. Andrew Norwell, to the right of him at left guard. First team All-Pro last season. I believe he's already established himself as the leader of the offensive line. He's not the most vocal guy off the field, but on the field he really brings an attitude. Mm -hmm. Excellent run blocker. Fantastic and pass protection. Not only did he not allow a sack last year, he didn't allow a quarterback hit. <laughs> that's, that's, there was not one time where Cam Newton was hit because of an Andrew Norwell missed assignment last season. How about that? You cannot ask for anything else. No. Uh, if the Jaguars' rushing attack continues to put up big numbers, he should earn his first Pro Bowl. It's crazy that he didn't get into the Pro Bowl despite being an All-Pro last year. doesn't make any sense to me. But he was the crown jewel of the offensive line free agent class this year. Jaguars made him at the time the highest paid guard. Of course, the Cowboys had to one up him, going and giving. Um, it's always bigger in Texas. Yeah. What Martin? Nick. Zach Martin.
2: Uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm a Texas fan, <laughs> but I don't live there, so I can poke fun. Yeah, but no, well. I mean, there's. I mean the only thing I can say about the left side of that line is just nasty. I mean That's two big maulers.
1: Mauling people. Ugh. I would be scared if yeah. I was a if I was a defensive lineman on the right side of that line. And then you get to the middle of the offensive line, you've got the Jaguars' most consistent offensive lineman over the last uh three to four years. He's another player who allowed zero sacks last season and only two quarterback hits. He's an excellent run blocker. He's proven that he's the anchor in the middle of the line, and uh, he's a guy that, as long as he stays healthy, he's he's the rock that that line is built around.
2: Yeah, he's always been the guy. I mean, in years past, he was the offensive MVP just because he was solid, and the rest of the, the rest of the offense was just hot garbage. Yeah, um, he's always been. I mean, he started off as a guard. Mm-hmm. And he played it at a very high level. Yeah, and a an switch position,
1: really out of necessity. Yeah,
2: and he's just been—he's just you can't ask for more than that. And he's just a quiet guy.
1: And no it, one ever talks about Brandon Linder. Yeah, and the team's philosophy kind of is that like center is more yeah. important than guard. Mm-hmm. So you it could put your it Makes sense right. why they had had him move to center yeah. in previous years. Now. So you've got those three guys, Robinson, Norwell, Linder. I think you got to feel super confident in that, in that bunch. You move to the right side of the offensive line, you're not as confident. Uh, starting with A.J. Can, who lines up next to Brandon Linder at right guard. He is the biggest question mark amongst the starters. There's no question about it. But he is well-liked among the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some really, really impressive games last year. He also had some really disappointing games. He'll be fighting, in my mind, to keep his job this season as the Jaguars. Do have some quality young depth behind him in Will Richardson, who was drafted this season. And we'll get into Will Richardson a little bit more. Do you have confidence in A.J. Kane? Or are you just blah? Or What are your thoughts on A.J. Kane? It just seems
2: like we just do the same thing every year. It's just when will he be replaced. Yeah. I mean, if he, if, if he could just be consistent. And not have all these hills and valleys in his his plays. I mean, like you said, there were times in the year where he was never brought up. Because he was doing his job, and he was doing it well at times. And then there's times where, of the 22 guys on the field at one time, you will single him out and go, what the hell are you doing? Like...
1: What just happened? Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's just consistency is the biggest issue. He's got the talent. Um, it's just... There's too many breakdowns in plays that affects the offense completely. I mean, on a, on a run play, on a critical run play, and you have a bad play, you're punting. I mean... If you met... There just has to be... He has to close the gap. He has to have somewhere in the middle where you're more comfortable with it. And... I absolutely think that, like you were talking about, a guy like Will Richardson
1: can step in and possibly push him out. Right. And we'll see how that all plays out, and we'll talk a little bit more about Richardson in just a minute. But rounding out the starters, Jeremy Parnell on the right side, He, I don't, I don't feel as confident in Parnell as I do in Linder, Norwell, or Robinson, but he is solid. Yeah. Solid right tackle. When healthy, he's one of the better guys in the league, in my opinion, at right tackle.
2: And you saw how the def- how the running game changed when he went out last year. It was a different team. They already had their struggles at times, but when he went out,
1: it was just abysmal. It was. He's an excellent run blocker, like you said, and he too allowed zero sacks in 2017. <laughs> that you've got three guys on that offensive line that didn't allow a sack last year. That's impressive. Yeah, um, he's a guy that's a little older. If he does go down, or if Can goes down to injury, or if either of them's not playing well, mm-hmm. you get to our next guy on this list yeah. here: Will Richardson, second round talent in my mind out of uh, out of NC State. He can play right tackle. He can play right guard. I think he could immediately challenge to start at right guard mm-hmm. if the Jaguars allow him to compete for that job. Um, he'll probably serve as a backup at both spots and work at both spots for a while just because the Jaguars seem to like A.J. Can. I think he will eventually become the starter at one of those spots. A.J. Can, I don't think, is long for the Jaguars unless he really has a breakout season. And Jeremy Parnell, he's an older guy. He's into his 30s now. While he's still playing at a high level, you don't know how long the Jaguars will keep him around, Mm -hmm. uh, or how long he'll be able to play at a high level. Will Richardson, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that is just really impressive. He earned the highest grade of any (laughs) offensive lineman in PFF history last year, which, uh, that's just
2: shocking. He's a bit undersized for what you look for in tackle, but...
1: But he played it very well yeah. at NC State. He was fantastic, uh, and this is a guy you you don't I don't worry about him not being ready for this level of competition mm-hmm. because he practiced against four NFL players every day at NC State. Yeah, and look at and look at just around the ACC. Yeah, how much talent you look at, at other teams in line. the ACC? There is talent on the defensive line. Yeah. Florida State always has talent on the defensive line. Miami has talent on the defensive line. North Carolina, Clemson. I mean, these teams are talented on that defensive line. And no team was more talented than his own, NC State. He practiced against those guys every day. And you talk to people that were around NC State practices, around NC State football, they never made him look bad. He did not look out of place playing against those type of players. Mm -hmm. Nick Chubb. The rest of the guys that got drafted, there's literally four of them. Uh, If he didn't have the off-field issues, I think he definitely would have been a second-round talent, second-round pick. Fell to the fourth round for the Jaguars. I just think he's the guy that is going to end up being, when you look back at it, one of those picks for the Jags where you're like, damn, they got him in the fourth round? Like Telvin Smith type pick. Because he's that type of talent, in my opinion. And I would really love the Jaguars to let him compete for a starting right guard position from the get-go.
2: Yeah,
1: 100%. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if there's t- one thing that like I want the Jaguars to do that I don't think that they will do, that is it.
2: I'm going to predict that there, you're going to have a lot of eyes on Will Richardson in the preseason. He might even get a couple... Series with the first team
1: That'd be fantastic Now moving on to the rest of the offensive line You've got Tyler Shatley who can play All three interior offensive line positions And he's shown that he can do that in games He had to start uh, eight games over the last Two seasons and he played very well When called upon uh, He's a guy that Still fairly young Still inexpensive I think he's a lock to make the team Yeah uh, Josh Wells, he's another guy that can, he has the vers- position versatility to play right tackle or left tackle. He did both spots last year. Um, he's not a starter, but he's a guy that can easily fill in and be your swing tackle and play pretty well for you at either spot. There's some that have, when they're doing their roster predictions, predicting him not making the team. I don't see that happening. I think this guy's been a coach favorite mm-hmm. since he's been here. And I think he's a guy that provides your, again, position versatility, which is huge And as he's, a backup. And he's played a lot of football yeah. for this team. Yeah, he started four games last year and played at both spots. So I think he's a guy that you feel confident in. When, when you're looking at an offensive line and you have three backups that you feel okay with inserting into your starting lineup, yeah, that is a really good sign. And you've got some more guys that are talented, too. Will Poles, Josh Walker, Chris Reed has seen playing time. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, Casey McDermott, Brandon Smith, Brandon Thomas, and Sean Hickey. That rounds out your offensive line group right now. You're probably looking at keeping around nine guys on the offensive line. You've got your five starters. You've got Richardson. You've got Shatley. I believe Wells will make the team. Uh, And then you're probably looking at maybe Chris Reed, Josh Walker, or Will Poles as your other guys that are going to be on the active roster. I don't necessarily think that this is the most elite offensive line in football. I think they have the potential to be an elite offensive line. I definitely think they have a lot of depth. And they have an excellent combo of left tackle, left guard, and center. Yeah. And you can't you can't just discount what Jeremy Parnell has been able to do when healthy either. I feel like this is a perfect blend
2: of what you want in in an mm-hmm. offensive line. You have a young left half tackle with all the potential in the world. You've got, in interior spots, two of the three guys are arguably top five of their position. Brandon Linder...
1: I think it's easy to argue yeah. that he's top five.
2: Yeah, um, the, the, your right tackle—he's a solid guy. He's an older guy. He's a veteran. He's—he's—he's he's, he's the right tackle mentality of just a silent, just bulldog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You—I I guarantee you, go look around the NFL. There's not a team. Look, I mean, the Cowboys are the best offensive line in the league. There are probably places where. Like, let's say, um, they weren't very happy with Lyle Collins. Right. I mean, even in, in, of the best the best, there are, they have you know, deficiencies. Every offensive line has question marks. Yes. And you can only pay so many people. Right. So, of all, like, looking at the makeup, this is the addition. Last year, we were talking about how bad this offensive line was and how it needs to be addressed. And the move that they made with Andrew Norwell, I thought they were going to make last year with, with uh, Zidler. Right. Um, it's what I and I think that's them rectifying their mistake.
1: Yeah, and I they think they said this, the organization, they thought Norwell was a better player than Zidler. They they would not make Zidler the highest paid guard and they decided to do that this year with Norwell. Yeah.
2: That's a very risky it says a proposition.
1: It says a lot about yeah. what they think about him. Yeah,
2: that's huge. I mean, skipping a year on and uh, you know, Pro Bowl type caliber, but because you're looking a year ahead, n- nobody saw that coming. Well,
1: I'm I'm not necessarily saying they were looking a year ahead at the time. I'm sure if 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 Zeitler but when they was, were doing their
2: evaluations, yeah. Do we want to pay Zeitler what he's going to make, or do we are we going to set our limit, and if he doesn't meet it, there's we have our eyes on the prize next year.
1: Yeah, with this stud. <laughs> yeah, he certainly is that. So I'm gonna go ahead and give the offensive line position as a whole a B plus. I think when you look at the starters, you're talking about a B because you're real. Parnell's a B. Cam is probably a C or C minus. Cam Robinson still needs to prove that he can stay healthy for the whole season and be the guy at left tackle, which he should be able to. And then you've got. Two guys that are both an A in my mind, and Norwell and yeah. Lender. So I think the starters are a B. I really like the depth. I really like Will Richardson, Tyler Shatley, and Josh Wells, and whoever makes the team between you know Chris Reed, Will Poles, Josh Walker. I really like that as your backup. So it's a B plus for me.
2: Yeah, I'm flirting with an A minus just because I think that they that Andrew Norwell is the best guard in football. Um, Brandon Linder is, like we talked about it, a consistent, great football player, a young tackle. So I'm probably going to be a little bit bullish on him because I think Andrew Norrell really fills the hole that they were needing. And this is one of the most complete offensive line, offensive lines the Jaguars have probably ever
1: had. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's one that should be able to withstand if there's some injury issues. Yep. So, B-plus, A-minus, yeah. not bad. Not bad at all. Tight ends. This is one of the most interesting positions on the team, in my opinion, because you've had a fair amount of turnover. Mercedes Lewis is gone. He was a Jaguar starting tight end for 10-plus years. Well, right around 10 years, 10 or 11 years. Uh Obviously, they had brought in Julius Thomas a couple years ago. That didn't work out. Mm. But for the most part, it's all been Mercedes Lewis. Now the Jaguars have Austin Safarian Jenkins as their starter. They have Niles Paul as a backup. James O'Shaughnessy sticks with the team. Ben Koyak's still on the team. This is an interesting group. We'll start off with Austin Safarian Jenkins, who will be the starter. For sure. Yeah, Uh, He's the guy. He's a strong pass-catching tight end. He battled alcohol abuse during the beginning of his career in Tampa. He was released in September of 2016 by the Buccaneers following a DUI arrest. He's gotten clean. He signed with the Jets in 2016 at the end of the season, caught on big time in 2017. He was able to catch 50 passes, scored three touchdowns for the Jets, and that offense was predicated on running the ball and rarely Rarely took the initiative to push the ball downfield yeah. at all with vertical routes, seam routes down the middle, anything like that. The Jaguars will look to use him and use his skill set, which is the ability to make contested catches, the ability to make one-handed catches. He's got the size, frame, athleticism to really test defenses down the middle of the field. He's also got quite an attitude on him. <laughs> he's he's come out and said he's he thinks he's going to be the best uh, combo tight end in football And uh, People can say what they want about his run blocking But he's going to go out there and bust his ass Every play for his teammates So he has done everything right since getting here He was impressive during OTAs Impressive during minicamp All this Impressiveness needs to keep stacking up But so far it's been perfect Yeah, I mean I I am
2: so excited about this, this Signing um, I just think all this guy needs is space. Just get this guy in space, and he will absolutely gut a team. Um, I'm hope I'm hopeful that they'll really push the issue on getting this guy the ball, because I think in a running style offense, having a tight end is huge. Um, we'll see how much he's improved as a blocker. Um, he's left a lot to be desired, but. Clearly he's been working on it. I mean, he knows where he's coming. He <laughs> know he knows what coach Coach Doug expects of these guys. I'm I'm so excited for this guy.
1: I am too. I think he could really really make Blake Bortles' life a lot easier mm-hmm. than it has been. Instead of scheming him open, he can get open on routes that Mercedes Lewis just would not have been yeah. in the past.
2: And think about those screens that they used to run a Mercedes going to Austin Sparrow and Jenkins. Right.
1: Niles Paul. He's another um, addition via free agency. He had plenty of success in Washington earlier in his career, but was forced down the depth chart due to the emergence of Jordan Reed and the signing of Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis is probably the best athlete at tight end we've ever seen, Mm -hmm. and Jordan Reed isn't far behind him. Yeah. (laughs) and Reed, obviously, has been a more consistent type of player than Davis throughout his career. But Miles Paul, he's a guy that has caught touchdown passes, caught a lot of passes in Washington. But really, his biggest contribution could be special teams, mm-hmm. where he was excellent for the Redskins. He'll likely assume the role vacated by Aurelius Ben on special teams. And uh, I think Jaguars fans should be very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, he's
2: hes a grinder, that's what I would classify him as. I mean, he's not... He doesn't necessarily have the athleticism as ASJ, um, but, you know, he torched he, he torched the Jaguars <laughs> in the past, um, so we know, we've seen that firsthand. But, like, he's an ace on special teams, and that's really where I think he's going to shine. Um, he's going to get his opportunities at tight end because the Jaguars are going to use tight ends quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think he will be overshadowed by Austin Safarian Jenkins. You might see a couple of those gadget plays to get him the ball as kind of like a one of those misdirection trick kind of plays that they seem to really embrace lately. Um, but it's I think if the ball is going to be funneling anywhere as a tight end, it's going to be good. Safarian Jenkins.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving on, James O'Shaughnessy. He's shown enough as a receiving threat. To make the team again, in my opinion, yeah. he has above average athleticism at the position. He can definitely create some mismatches for defenses. I mean, you're talking about three tight end sets with these guys. Good luck covering all of them. yeah, if you're trying to if you're trying to pass the ball doing that, obviously they need to step up as run blockers. But that's what the team has been Koyak for too. Koyak's entering his third season out of Notre Dame with the Jaguars. He's proven himself to be a good enough run blocker. Doesn't have hands of stone. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't drop the ball a lot. But I've always liked Koyak. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that seems consistent, reliable. Not going to wow you. But he uh, did come through for the Jags against the Bills in the critical moments of that game. And he scored a touchdown on the really the game's defining draft from Blake Bortles. So... He's a guy that you like as well. I think this is a group that has nice depth. I think Austin Severian Jenkins is a nice starter. I don't think he's necessarily proven himself to be anywhere close to elite yet, Mm -hmm. but he certainly has elite traits and could become elite. Uh, the, The two main receiving backups, Niles Paul and James O'Shaughnessy, Paul provides great special teams. Uh, versatility, and O'Shaughnessy is a good receiver. Koyak's a good blocker. You've got David Greenidge and Scott Warnedoff too, back there. They're probably cons- competing for a practice squad spot mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um, I'm going to give this group a B. I think Austin Safarian Jenkins is a B-minus as a starter. Could definitely prove himself to be even probably an A uh, with his athleticism and if his work ethic continues to show through. I think Niles Paul and James O'Shaughnessy and Ben Koyak—that's a really good group behind Austin Severian Jenkins.
2: Yeah, as as a as a tight end group as a whole, if I if I don't count as special teams, just talking offensively here, I would probably lean more towards a B minus. Um, I think Austin—I love Austin Severian Jenkins. I I think a little bit highly of him, uh, a little bit more so than you do. Um, I think he really pulls the rating up for me.
1: Um, and again, if, I'm if, just saying. I think I'm trying to temper my expectations on that. Yeah,
2: and I to me, if he goes down, you're really not thrilled with what you have there. I'm okay. I mean, with as long basketball. as you as long as you have a headline, get, he can I, 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 I he can make he can make plays, but I th- I just think so much highly so highly. You think there's a big drop I understand. Yeah um so that's that's how i based it off of i would like to see all of them be involved in some way because i think they all do different things individually but i mean asj is the superstar of that group if there is one certainly
1: uh that's going to do it for the show today thanks everybody for tuning in please if you can review us on the itunes app it helps us grow our audience follow us on soundcloud facebook twitter and instagram Check out ginjag.com for our membership information for all of our gear. Follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein1 on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan Delugo. And thanks, as always, to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Ginjag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at boldcitybrewery. That's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And I hope you have a great weekend, Duval.